T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Good morning, everybody. It is the 22nd of February. I am here in Chicago, Matt Spiegel. Our man, Bruce Levine, is out there in Arizona. Bruce, this morning I poured over a box score and I watched a highlight of a home run from a game that took place last night. We made it. Congratulations. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long uh, off-season here, a long winter, but uh, baseball is here in the Cactus League and... Uh, that is maybe. Uh, we have uh, rainstorms <laughs> here in the uh, valley today. It appears that uh, most of the daytime uh, games will be rained out. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty steady. But uh, for Cub fans, uh, the game has been moved to uh, 6-10 locally here, 7-10 in Chicago. And Marquee Sports Network will be able to uh, have their uh, first uh broadcast of cub baseball and uh alec mills will be on the mound for your chicago cubs yeah how about it so the cubs and marquee debut today the white Sox also supposed to go today we'll see if the rain makes it over uh that way reynaldo lopez for the white Sox today as you mentioned alec mills for the cubs tonight um what's what's the likelihood of rain uh heading over to where the Sox will be yeah think? it's 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 pretty much in the in the whole area mm. so um this is uh, what they predicted for the last week. And, and your rain here in Arizona is like uh, when you, you get constant rain that's lightly heavy, it's like 12 inches of snow in Chicago. That, that's that's how it's dealt with. The driving is bad. <laughs> People don't go out of the house. School gets canceled oh, uh, for rain. Can you imagine school getting canceled for rain? But those things uh, happen here when they have these – Rare occasions of heavy rain. They've had a, a lot of rain this winter, which is good for this area. Nobody in Chicago cares. Yeah, <laughs> nobody. It, it always does make me laugh, though, Bruce, when you see like cars pulled over because they're afraid to go through an intersection because there's like two inches of rain there on the ground. Yeah, well, you know, there are no sewers. So uh, it's an interesting concept when uh, the runoff, like on a certain highways, uh, runs right into the first lane to your right and that means that uh you have puddles that are about 18 uh, inches deep so from all of that 
I think we're best off getting back to baseball. I think. Um, is it uh, is it still soup season? You think, Bruce? I think it is. And uh, thank you for that beautiful lead in to Max and Benny's, the best restaurant bakery in Chicagoland, welcomes you to their Northbrook location. Wintertime is soup season, Matt. And at Max and Benny's, chicken noodle, crepe lock, matzo ball, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup each day warm the body and soothe the soul at this iconic food emporium. Max and Benny's has a new party room, meeting area that can accommodate 10 to 150 people. Contact John at maxandbenny's.com for reservations and info on catering as well on the whole North Shore. Dinner is 4 to 9 p.m., the best roast beef, chicken, skirt steak, and fresh fish in Chicagoland. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Only Max and Benny's where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. And Matt, um, looking at this week in baseball here uh, in Arizona, we got the head start with uh, the news about uh, Chris Bryant and the fact that he is the new designated leadoff man for the Chicago Cubs. What were your first impressions when you heard that, um, I love the forward-thinking nature of uh, of David Ross, along with the front office. I wondered whether it was something that came up last year and did not happen with previous manager. But either way, the 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 idea of I figured it was going to be Rizzo this year, and it'll be Rizzo two and Bryant one. The idea of those two guys being at the top of the lineup makes a lot of sense in terms of uh, the way baseball is working right now. And in terms of on-base percentage, those are your best two guys. So go ahead and get them up there. Yeah, you know, you're right on Rizzo, and it's based on what you have seen with your eyes and we have seen with our eyes that when Rizzo does lead off, he's had huge success, as he calls himself the greatest leadoff man in the history of baseball. But, uh, you know, it's a speed factor. And uh, a base running factor, uh, you don't want Rizzo clogging the bases uh, initially when he gets on base. Uh, he's gone from a very good base runner that stole, I believe, one year 18 bases to a guy that, you know, can't run. He's 30, going on 31. And, you know, base running, he's still a very good base runner. He, he doesn't have any speed. So from the perspective of Bryant probably being the second fastest guy on the team, uh, it's, he's probably in a tie with Ian Happ behind Baez, maybe maybe right there. Uh, Baez is certainly the most exciting base runner on the Cubs. I think the best base runner is Bryant. So when you put all of that together and the fact that Rizzo and Bryant are your two best on-base percentage guys, then you have a top of the lineup that not only is functional, but both uh, Bryant and Rizzo have the opportunity for that fifth at bat. Uh, which could be a game-deciding bat in the ninth, 10th, or 11th inning. We have uh, lineup news on both sides of town and some sound to accompany uh, both. Um, let's hear from Chris Bryant on leading off, and, um, and he makes the parallel to other guys around the league as well. I'm just a big, speedy guy. Right. <laughs> Riz is not. Not. He's high-stepping to first base, and he's always giving, giving crap about that, but... I guess, yeah, it's kind of changing. You look around the league, there's some mashers at the top of the order, and Acuna and Springer and Mookie Betts. I mean, I guess they are kind of speedy, but I guess I'm, I'm a big speedy guy. I, I can do it. Um, I don't know if I'm stealing bases or anything, but I think just the guy you want to talk to is someone that gets on base a lot and 
you know, I've been able to do that. So I'm, you know, going to keep with that approach and um, embrace it fully and give it everything I got. Yeah, he, he mentioned uh, some of those guys around the league with Springer and Betts and Acuna and Charlie Blackman. I mean, there's a lot of guys up there who do do hit some bombs as long as they get on base. Uh, it's all good. You have to be uh, pretty multi-talented to be able to be considered for that spot, don't you, Matt? I yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's a situation there. I mean, you're talking about some of the greatest players in the game right now that are leading off, and people say, why do you have your best players leading off? Well, we just identified the fact, who do you want up there with the extra at bat if the game's on the line with that fifth at bat? And that's going to be Brian or Rizzo. Yeah. So from that, that perspective and whether Joe uh, – whether Joe uh, – see, I already made that mistake. <laughs> whether uh, David Ross uh, uh, hits his pitcher eighth or ninth uh, will depend on whether or not you know, there's that uh, there's situation where you, you continue the inning and, and your top-of-the-order guys are actually coming up with men on base after the first time out. Yeah, I, I love the idea of the fifth at bat, and Ross talked about that specifically, that you want that guy to have that chance – Every once in a while, it's the eighth inning or it's the ninth inning, and that's the guy he's seen. He's been in the game four times. He's your best guy, and he comes up with, with an opportunity. Um, here's, here's Rizzo talking about hitting behind Bryant, which he has done for a lot of years, no matter where they've been in the lineup. I love, I love hitting behind Chris. So we've hit kind of three and four, two and three for pretty much our whole time together. So being able to protect him and then be protected by Javi and Schwarber and Contreras or however it lines up is exciting. So uh, Bryant there and Rizzo uh, at the top. The thing about Bryant, I don't think we're going to see him change his approach at all, Bruce. I I guess I've been wondering all week if leadoff is going to force him to shorten up a little bit, to show us that B-hack with two strikes, to try to spray the ball around the field a little bit, the way that Rizzo does so beautifully. But I don't, I don't get the sense that that is going to be asked of Bryant. What do you I think? I agree with you, Matt. Uh, the other thing is, is that uh, you know, the potential for going up one to nothing uh, in the first inning or two to nothing you know, with your home run guys leading off the game is intriguing. You know, it, it, it gives you the, uh, you know, the, certainly the element that Springer and Blackman bring you know, and they have brought for the last few years when they lead off and, of course, Betts as well. But uh, he, the other part of the construction of the lineup, you know, some people are nitpicking the idea and, and, it's, and it's an interesting aspect to it. Okay, you, you have your two best contact guys and your best OPS guys, one and two, then you're following it with Baez and likely Schwarber, who are your highest potential strikeout guys, okay? And two of the highest strikeout guys, I believe they were in the top five in, um, in strikeouts in the National League last year. So does that element of it uh, change the dynamic of those innings as well? Or as we know, you have two potential guys that are going to hit 40 home runs, drive in over 100 in Baez's case, uh, an RBI machine when he's healthy, uh, you know, had close to 122 years ago. And last year was certainly going to be on pace 
uh, before he went out for a month. Yeah, Baez and Schwarber tied for 11th in the National League with 156 Ks. Some real and, good and Baez hitters. Baez would have led the league uh, if he didn't miss a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely it's definitely going to be interesting. Well, the world has changed, as we know. You know, it's there are very few actual leadoff hitters around baseball, like like the old school classic leadoff hitters. So pining for that, it just they're, they're, those guys are not there. I'm sure if the Cubs had one, or if they had traded for one, even an, even a slightly inferior one like Ender Enciarte or something like that, they probably would have let him do it, you know? But they don't have that guy. Well, you know, a team that won the world championship has that old school guy leading off. You know, when you, we have Trey Turner followed by uh, Eaton, Uh, you, you have old school leadoff guys that can uh, get on with a bunt. They can single, they'll steal a base. Uh, They, but they both have uh, more than occasional power. So the, that that option is a beauty for Washington, but as you as you point out very well, there's very few uh, quintessential types of leadoff guys anymore. So teams have to be creative. We live in the OPS era. And you have to try to adhere to that. This hour, the score is brought to you by Sunrise Chevrolet in Glendale Heights. The bright way to buy. A couple of guests coming up later on, if we didn't mention. Len Casper at the top of the hour on all things Cubs. And the debut of Marquee, which is this afternoon with the game tonight. The Marquee Sports Network debuts today. Um, And uh, also Evan Marshall from the White Sox bullpen will join us at the bottom of this hour. Speaking of the White Sox, here's Rick Renteria, Bruce, talking about what he might do at the top of the order. And he hinted strongly this week, even though Luis Robert is there today in their spring training debut, which is fascinating in and of itself. But he hinted strongly that it's going to be some version of Juan Moncada and Tim Anderson at one and two in the lineup. I still consider that um, the Timmy Anderson or Moncada possibility at the top of the order, uh, one or the other, and you know, vice versa positions. But um, I want to see them, and, and I want to be able to actually see... Uh, Beyond that, some of the youngsters that we have in camp. So from from this perspective, Matt, uh, I'll ask you your choice between Anderson and Moncada if Matt Spiegel is running the White Sox after they let Ricky Renteria go. I guess um, I, I think I go Anderson just because Moncada found such a beautiful presence at the plate that I don't want to dare put him in the leadoff because that can mess with people. It, we know it can. Let's not mess with Moncada, who has just figured out how to be his, the best version of himself, at least so far, on the big league level. Yeah, that's a great point. But also, as the number two hitter, when you got a speed guy on base, yeah. you have to take pitches, right, Matt? Yeah. So from that perspective, you know, you got to take a pitch here and there to let him steal a base. And uh, certainly the, the slugging is going to be more sufficient for Ricky Renteria not to have to steal bases and risk losing base runners, which most managers and front offices do not like these days because of the slug ability of the lineups. But nonetheless, you know, we've seen Ricky Renteria like to manufacture. He's a National League manager in an American League style right now. So um, does he have that opportunity with two guys that can really run at the top of the order? Now, um, you know, the, the the negative side of Anderson and Mankata at the top, and it's not necessarily negative because their, their on-base percentages are high, but that's predicated on their batting averages, not their walks. You have a guy in Anderson that only walked 15 times last year. That's right, 15. Mm-hmm. And then you have 40 times for Mankata. Now, 
both of them missed significant times um, with injuries. Mankata, I believe, played 120-some games. And, uh, no, I think that was uh, the other way around. Mankata about 132, and uh, it was uh, uh, Anderson with about 130. So uh, they might walk more. Anderson just doesn't walk. But what he does is he leads the world in hitting. And with the 15 walks on top of his, you know, almost 340 batting average, it still equates to, you know, 365 to 370 on base percentage. That's what the the decision's based on, the fact that although these guys don't walk, you have the number one and the number three hitter in the American League in batting average at the top of your order. Yep, and one, two last year of these White Sox in on-base percentage. Um, To your point about Moncada, we know the struggles so many times caught looking. What was it, 85 times caught looking two years ago, mm-hmm. Bruce? And then last year got much more aggressive, and that, uh, that obviously went very well. Listen to Ricky Renteria. I know you heard it the other day, but maybe some folks didn't. This is a little bit more about the guys at the top in Moncada and Anderson, but specifically about Yohan Moncada um, perhaps kind of finding a middle ground between what he's been the last two years. I'm hoping that um, the... The, the, the other year now that he's had under his belt continues to expand his experience and knowledge and understanding of who he is and what he likes to do in the box. I think there's, you know, we went from one extreme to another extreme, both um, um, on the one hand, one giving us less strikeouts, more productivity, more more impactful uh, outcomes. Um, and I think that there's a, a balance that you want to strike. So I'm hoping that maybe now we go from one to another and it starts to come, fall somewhere down in the middle uh, where you have both things happening, impactful maybe early in the counts and, and just as well having deep counts and, and working uh, uh, on base. So that's interesting, isn't it? Renteria hoping that uh, Yohan Moncada finds his way back to the middle a little bit. Only 40 walks last year for Yohan Moncada, who obviously has a better eye than those numbers would represent. Right. I mean, he walked a lot, a lot more uh, last uh, in 2018. But, uh, you know, as we point out, Matt, uh, you know, he walked, uh, I think, 217 times, which is the third or fourth highest in baseball history. The strikeouts, yes. Yeah, for strikeouts. So, so from that, from all of that – you know, you have a guy that, as you pointed out, as we talked about before, uh, approached the baseball earlier in the counts, not getting so deep. You know, although a lot of those 85 called strikes that you talked about in 2018, a lot of them were predicated on a 3-2 count. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, So he has learned to attack the zone. He's a monster. How many people, Matt, right now, you know, the conversations we had in the winter of 2018 – when Manny Machado went to the San Diego Padres instead of the White Sox, how many people right now would trade Moncada for Manny Machado? Hmm. Would you? Um, <laughs> well, no, see, I liked the idea of both of them. That both was, was, was the one that I found appetizing. But I uh, understand, but uh, you know, the, the position wasn't going to work out for Moncada. Uh, that's, that's turned out perfectly. I mean, he... He made 15 errors last year, but everybody raved about his defense and how it improved. So, I mean, you know, it's just flat out. It's probably not a fair question to say, you know, in hindsight, but in reality, nobody's pining for Manny Machado anymore. 
312-644-6767 is the phone number. If you want to talk lineup construction on either side of town, lots of stuff to get to. Uh, yeah, uh, so Mankata, 217 Ks and 67 walks in 2018. The walks went down by 27 to 40, but the strikeouts went down by 63 to 154. You'd rather uh, the second uh, guy yeah, they would than have been the first. Higher. Again, he, he missed uh, 30 ball games. Yep. So they would have been higher in a full season, and so would the walks. Uh, but, you know, again, this was a splendid player last year that everybody feels has the potential now to be that superstar player and five-tool player that everybody talked about when the White Sox traded for him. Uh, before we take a break real quick, Bruce, uh, we should mention we're getting some texts about it. So the Marquee Sports Network debuts today. Um, but there are issues, of course, with Comcast. Everybody knows about that. Um, there no deal yet with Comcast, um, and maybe maybe not until opening day. A lot of times the, the gangsters of the cable companies will play some serious hardball uh, with with the ball clubs and, and not really worry about it till opening day. There was a, a that was Matt Spiegel that said gangsters of the uh, uh, that that was that was yeah. indeed. Um, but it, and then there was an issue with Hulu Live. So because Hulu Live, a lot of people excited that for if you're a cord cutter and you use Hulu Live, the t- their TV service that you'll be able to get Marquee. Uh, on Friday, so yesterday, Hulu said that subscribers would not be able to watch Marquee. Uh, today they're they're only able to see it um, that that it's going to be live at some point before opening day before the regular season opener but a surprise to some Hulu live people not available today so you know it's uh, it, it's it's bumpy it's often very bumpy at the beginning for a new network and that is indeed the case for the Cubs and Marquee yeah we'll be taking a break we'll come back Evan Marshall of the Chicago White Sox bullpen will be joining us Len Casper at the top of the hour your calls always welcome. 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 670-11. Right back with Evan Marshall and Casper at the top, as Bruce said, on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back in on 670 The Score, where the bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Want to sign a one-day contract with the Chicago Wolves and earn a $5,000 signing bonus? Visit the Sprint Store in Lamont Road in Darien between 1 and 3 p.m. today. And this segment is brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for $3.79 every day. Great food at a great price. At participating restaurants, additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. Inside the clubhouse, it's Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. Bruce Levine out there. 
in Arizona. Bruce Luis Robert leading off for the White Sox today. Last year at three levels, he had an on-base percentage of 376, a 624 slugging percentage, 32 homers, 36 stolen bases. Not so bad. Um, I don't know if this is a long-term thought from Ricky Renteria, but it's fun to see it today. Well, you know, ideally, you know, people talk about the next Ricky Henderson or the next Bobby Bonds, you know, in baseball history. That That's the things that, you know, when you look at those crazy numbers from Robert that the White Sox, uh, you know, front office thinks about, dreams about, and would like to see mature into that type of situation. Right now, you know, when the regular season starts, Robert won't lead off. But, you know, Renteria yesterday when he talked to us did say, you know, that He's going to be open-minded, even though it's it's going to be Anderson and it's going to be Mankata at the top of the order. Uh, Robert, as you said, you know, crazy OPS numbers, great on-base percentage numbers. If he doesn't strike out a lot and, and swing and miss at the great relief pitchers like our next guest coming up here very soon throws, then you have an opportunity to eventually have a leadoff man with great impact going forward. That guest joins us right now on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Evan Marshall of the White Sox, nice enough to spend uh, some time with us on a rainy morning in Arizona. Good morning, Evan. Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Good. Are you going to play today? Did they give you any uh, intel yet whether or not this is going to lighten up enough for you guys to play some ball? <laughs> No, they they said we'll we'll get uh, some word around ten thirty. They're hoping, but right now it's a pretty grim grim outlook. When you uh, when you look at uh, White Sox and this team this year, what what was your first impression when you you saw the the completed work of uh, Rick Hahn in the off season? Uh, I mean, we're going in like we're 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 here to do it. So you've got all, all these new faces, and you know they're storied careers and, and you know we're, we're going to hit they've made some trades and, you know we're going to score a lot of runs and then you look at the veterans like Keiko and Gio Gonzalez that they throw into our rotation it's like those guys have more to bring than just what they do on the field they are a huge influence in the clubhouse so they're building a culture and uh I don't know it's really really a, a buzz in here like we haven't felt it's it's pretty exciting. It's an exciting moment for fans too, Evan. Uh, t- tell people w- how that kind of manifests. Or, or like like how have you noticed those kind of things where Grandal and Keuchel or guys like that? What kind of effect they can have on the clubhouse? Like you're talking about, what have you noticed so far? Um, first first off, I'd say Grandal probably has the biggest impact. Just in my eyes, being a pitcher, he. He is a guru for coming up with creative sets of signs and things like that, which is pretty important these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, really, if you just look at, at what he does behind the plate, he tailors his catching style to what the pitcher does. So if they throw across the plate, he angles his body just the right way to make be able to present the ball to the umpire and steal strikes on corners. And he's got incredibly you know, soft hands and um, – He's really good at looking at what you do, and he's caught so many great pitchers that he can just say, well, so-and-so used to do this. This would really work for you. Let's try that. And then you go out there, and it works. And it's like, that's a great idea, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Evan Marshall, the White Sox, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt Spiegel. I'm Bruce Levine. We're here for you. 52 weeks out of the year talking Chicago baseball. Evan, uh, 
when you look at your pen right now and the experience that the guys have gotten uh, with you, obviously you were a veteran getting in there, but uh, you really established yourself with the White Sox last year after you know a pretty decent year with Cleveland the year before. What has been the, the factor for you and your improvement uh, with, with the Chicago White Sox? Is it just an opportunity to take a deep breath and say, you know, I can just let my stuff fly here. They trust me. I'm a, uh, they've, they've let me know I'm an important part of this. Or is there some technical things that we're missing? Um, it could be a combination of both. I mean, it, when, when they brought me in here, they looked at my stuff and they said, you know, the plan you have right now is great. Stick with it because it's really working. And so I did, and they made some subtle adaptations, you know, when, uh, when we needed to, when people were catching on to what I was doing. Um, and then of course the opportunity and I kind of ran with it as long as I possibly could. And it's a great feeling to know, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm here this year. I get to be a part of this bullpen and, and looking around, I mean, Colin, I see Sheck, uh, you know, Herrera looks like the Herrera of the Kansas city Royals. He looks incredible. So, you know, even guys like Jimmy Cordero who really shined for like half of the year last year, you know, I watched him through 98 miles an hour yesterday and it's February 21st. So, um, Fry's, Fry looks, you know, good. He's he's just so strong. And, and then you add uh, Aaron Bummer in the mix, and he's in, you know, the handful of the best lefty relievers in baseball. So uh, looking around, you you could really toss the ball any which way at the end of the game and feel pretty confident that somebody's going to get the job done. So uh, in terms of the change in how you approach stuff, Evan, how much was you and and how much was the White Sox in terms of the change-up? Because you're using the change-up a lot more uh, over the past couple years, right? It, 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 how much of that yeah, was you? you know, I really, uh, I really had, uh, when I first came up in the big leagues, change-up was my thing. You know, I... I I threw fastball and breaking ball my whole minor league career, and then I got to the big leagues, and the first breaking ball I threw was terrible. And the catcher started putting down changeup, and then all of a sudden I was a changeup guy because people were swinging and missing at it. And uh, I had some mechanical issues in the in the years that followed where the changeup stopped acting the way that it did to begin with. And um, really kind of towards the when I was in AAA in 2018 with Cleveland, uh, made some mechanical adjustments just from watching guys like uh, Kluber and Bauer and talking with them, and uh, all of a sudden my changeup was doing it again, and I just kind of ran with that. And, uh, because I can throw it over the plate for strikes or for swing and misses, it's one of those things where you can use it to everybody. You can throw it to righties and lefties and, and throw it and when you're behind in the count or ahead in the count. Uh, it has turned out to be um, sort of uh, my backbone, if you will. Mm-hmm. Evan Marshall joining us for just a few more minutes from White Sox camp. Evan, this this is not to uh, trap you into more negative conversation about the Astros. That's not the intent of this question. But when when I see a pitcher like you that didn't get to the big leagues till 24 and he has to fight his butt off every day to stay there and be a good major leaguer, and then you see the complications that came from uh, the Astros situation and, uh, you know, that pitchers who – whose careers might have been impacted initially just getting to the big leagues. What, what, what is your general perception of that, and, uh, and how, you know, how upsetting is it to you? And, and are you hoping that Major League Baseball can, can really help solve this so people's opportunities are not destroyed? Um, 
you have to understand everybody's out there trying to find an edge, trying to find a way to get an edge on the competition and win. But to, to find out the way that they were doing it uh, and just how much impact that had, it, it to me, it's it's the worst scandal, the, the biggest black mark in the history of the game. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd rather face a steroid abuser over and over again, but, you know, versus a guy that knows what's coming. As a pitcher, the whole game is a deception tricking them if you will yeah and and, and the, that's the impossible fact, yeah yeah and the fact that people's careers are impacted is the the most troublesome thing to me i mean when you when you know that you know you, you know other people who have talent and have been in the big leagues for a while can survive this and get out of houston uh pitchers that come up and get destroyed by it they, they might not get another another chance no, uh, and I, I think that's been kind of swept under the rug a little bit, the impact that it's had on people's careers. I mean, Mike, Mike Bolsinger is a, a good friend of mine. I mean, you go back to when his base, his major league career ended, essentially. It was when the Astros showed him to the door by just you know kicking his teeth in out there. And so um, the, their, their, their actions have had consequences for a lot of people, and those people don't get that opportunity back. It's already been written off that you know they're done. So that's probably the part that, that hurts the most is you think about those people, those kids that came up and then got sent back to double A or something or, or a veteran hanging on like Chris Medlin who, you know, went out and then retired afterwards. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's had a, a long reach um, across the game and it's, it's really disappointing to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, the punishments have followed. We all have our opinion on that. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk to a lawyer later on today on the score about Mike Bolsinger's lawsuit. I think it's fascinating, uh, your friend's lawsuit, and I think he's got yeah. he's got a leg to stand on, and it might be the first of a of a lot of things um, in in that way. So, so that's one of the things Grandal can help with. You mentioned it earlier, like these elaborate yeah. signs. You still need to do that kind of stuff because guys can be good at it, even just when they're base runners, they can figure it out. So. Grandal's bringing that, uh, bringing bringing those elaborate signs right away, huh? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, day one we had a like a pitchers meeting, and he stood up in front of the class basically with a whiteboard and a marker, and 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 you know, talk shop. I mean, it was just eighteen different variations of signs that we could all pick and combine. And you all, he's like, you guys all need to know three or four of these because. If somebody's been on second for a little while, we'll switch. Or if you used them yesterday, we're not going to use them the next day. I mean, it's it's one of those things where he's definitely getting us prepared in the mental side of the game because uh, everybody's going to be so paranoid <clears throat> going forward about signs that uh, uh, you'll probably see some extravagant things out there. Uh, Evan, I watched your live BP uh, yesterday, and Let's go. Looks like you're you're ready for the season. Uh, obviously, the pitchers are ahead of the hitters this time of year, but you, you it looked like it was blown at about ninety four, ninety five, and you had some command yesterday. I uh, very much appreciate you saying that. Uh, live BP is <laughs> an interesting facet of our game uh, in, in preparing for the season because you're right. You've got hitters in there that haven't seen a ninety mile an hour fastball. Or you know a devastating breaking ball, and, and right now a lot of the, a lot of us pitchers we are in midseason form because you don't come to camp to get ready anymore. You come to camp ready, like you come here to show out and win a job. And so yeah, hitters, there's a timing thing, but I tell you what, when 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 
Jose <clears throat> Jose Abreu steps in the box, and then Encarnacion and Eloy, and you're throwing them everything you got, and it's a live VP. So, you know, you can stop and say, hey, what did you see there? Wow, wow, that was a great take. Why did you take that? And you can take the hit the feedback from some of the best hitters in the league and say, this is going to help me design my pitch better, or I need to start it a little higher or get them to commit to swinging because I throw lots of stuff that is a strike uh, strike the ball. It looks good, and then it's not. And so I have to get people to commit to it out of my hand, and that's a killer killer thing to have for me in, in developing that is saying, you know, Eloy, you didn't swing at this curveball. How come? And he said, well, it was a little outside, or it, I didn't think it was a strike. It's going to be a striker. And so you, you just you find all these little things right now at this time of year where you can apply it in a huge situation later when you need a strikeout with guys on second and third. Be like, remember, he told me that if I started right here, they're going to swing every time, and then they can't reach it. I mean, it, it's just it's a cool thing to be able to do uh, without a doubt because there's no net. I mean, they got a bat in their hand, and we're not out there to just throw BP. So you, you're out there working on your stuff, and, and it's certainly in a controlled environment where there's less adrenaline, so everything's down a little bit. But you wouldn't know it by watching some of the guys I've seen throw. I mean, they're just throwing in the upper yeah, 90s. Yeah, they, I mean, that's yeah, not really my game. But. What, what, a, what a pleasure talking baseball with you, Evan Marshall. Thanks for sharing so much and, and letting the fans in. And uh, it's, it's, it's part of our excitement for, for, the, uh, for the season to come. Every team in baseball plays today, hopefully you guys, even in the rain. <laughs> yeah, you know, even if they just let us go out there in the rain, it'd be fun to hear an anthem and tell the line and see what, what's, uh, what's going on. But we'll, we'll see. It's, it's awful wet out there. Evan, thanks again for joining us on Inside the Club. I'll see you out on the field one of these days when it's not raining. One of these days, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks. Evan Marshall, the White Sox, joining us from Glendale, Arizona. And uh, you see Matt uh, now. I think we had him on once last year. See why he's one of my favorites. Man. He he doesn't pull any punches. Uh, Once you get him going past the first round, you know, he loosens up. Yeah, and, and, and just, you know, one of my favorite things about the game, Bruce, is the stuff these guys learn. Like him learning about his changeup from Kluber and Bauer when he's in the Cleveland mm-hmm. system. And then Grandal showing up and taking out the whiteboard to all the, uh, all, all the White Sox pitchers and saying, this is what we're going to do. Just great, great stuff. That's why it's inside the clubhouse, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I think so. Yep, absolutely. I, I think so. Yes, he's Bruce Levine out there in Arizona. Len Casper is going to join us at the top of the hour. The Cubs are set to debut tonight. We'll talk with him. And we'll also talk with you at 312-644-6767. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. You're listening to 670 The Score. And it is inside the clubhouse. Matt Spiegel in Chicago, Bruce Levine in Arizona. Before we take a a final break for the hour and talk to Len, let's hit the phone lines, Bruce. Sounds good. All right. This is Dave in Plainfield. Dave, you're on the score. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. A couple of of things. Um, I was noticing, I know this sounds kind of trivial, but their AAA team does not seem like they have a lot of infielders. I was just wondering, the Shashiel Pulger, whatever the hell. I cannot stand this guy. I hope to God they never get but sign him. I've heard rumors that they're interested in him. I'm like, I don't want this guy in this team. He's nothing but a cancer if you ask me. But the guy I would think you would sign is the guy, uh, Brian, uh, I forget, his, he used to be with the Twins and uh, the Nationals. Yeah, I, I, I would. 
yeah, I would think he would be more valuable because the guy can get hit. You could put Garcia in the outfield, and they don't have a backup shortstop right. And that's the thing that worries me is the little bit of depth there. That was one of my questions because I looked at AAA, and it seems like there's nobody down there. Well, in terms of uh, outfield, who do you think is in line to get the uh, backup outfield spots? Adam Engel? Bruce? Well, yeah, Angle is the be- your best defender, Matt, and uh, and and thanks for your call, by the way. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the, the perception of fans out there is, you know what, uh, we have to look past, you know, what we see right now. We need the depth, and he's he's looking at like a general manager, Matt. But <laughs> from that perspective, you you look at uh, Angle as your your top guy out there, and then you have Leori Le- Garcia who does everything. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's your. He's your Ben Zobris on this team, and he's uh, he's a guy that can really run well, play center field, second base, shortstop. He's your backup shortstop. So uh, from all of that, I, I think they're they're pretty well fortified initially going in. Yeah, Garcia's a really nice bench piece to have to play all over. I'm sure he could play the corner outfielders outfield spots as needed. But as you mentioned, second and short, and uh, Danny Mendick all set to make this team out of camp. You think as they wait for. Uh, um, they, uh, they they wait for Nick Madrigal. Yeah, that's it. And, and we always forget about the twenty sixth guy this year, right? Yep. Normally think it's a catcher. You know, that's not necessarily it's not necessarily the case. Collins doesn't necessarily make this team at his age and his abilities. He's probably better off catching every day at AAA in case somebody goes down with an injury. So from all of that, you know, that could be an extra infielder now. Uh, it's a it's an interesting think they have now with a 26 guy Matt because you can make him he cannot be a pitcher okay you can only have 13 pitchers so the 26 guy he can be a uh, you know a defensive specialist he can be a base running specialist uh, you know there's a myriad of things that teams can look at for what they feel their needs are going into the season mm-hmm. uh, let's go to Ron on the south side on the score hey Ron what you got Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I just want to talk about Yohan Mankata. I mean, not that only is he probably your best offensive player, just his versatility. Even, I know he's not going to lead off, but you all talk, we look at him playing second. But, guys, eventually, I think he will be batting third, which most of your better hitters do. And also because eventually, Nick Magical, who I think is the more ideal number two hitter, but I, but really I think just a, a, a special player, a chance to be an MVP. And, and last thing, guys, speaking of um, Nick Magical, I don't know what Richard Reed was saying, some of the things um, what they were saying he needs to work on. Defensive at the second base I think is really underrated. I think with a lot of different shifts, you know, that occur now, the sooner he gets in to start playing – Defense, you know, they had to be better up the middle with defense with him and Tim Manners. So that, that's my comment. The sooner I can see um, Nick Magic, I think it would be better for the White Sox for the defense up the middle. Thanks, guys. Thank, yeah, thank you, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Hey, uh, Matt, that's one of his strengths uh, right there is uh, his defense. He has range. Uh, they're, they're not concerned about that. Uh, hard contact is what they're concerned about. We know he makes contact harder contact, and probably controlling the uh, the contract for an extra year, the, the contract control for the seventh year. Uh, that'll probably be a part of this as well going into the season. Is there a chance that Luis Basabi makes this team as a reserve outfielder? I don't think so. I think they want him to have a full year at AAA and be ready in case he's needed there. You know, again, we always look past injuries, don't we? But they always occur, and sometimes they occur even earlier in spring training. 
if we see an injury to an outfielder for the White Sox in spring training, that's a conversation they'll have. Let's talk Cubs and Marquee with our friend Len Casper next on 670 The Score. It's inside the clubhouse. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 